The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to everyone who has joined me for another show. I'm so excited to be presenting to you uh, week by week information that I trust will help you to grow in your own understanding of who you are, to understand the divine that is within you, and for all of us to know that we are the divine in human form. Yeshua taught that um, above almost anything else that he talked about, the kingdom, the queendom within. And you've heard me talk about that so many times. So today... I have a special privilege to share with you my good friend, Elizabeth Reed, from Central Ohio area. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here. Well, let me tell everybody a little bit about you first, and you can jump in if you want to uh, tell me or have me not say something. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've known Elizabeth for, gee, uh, how many years now? 15 years or more? and. So. I first met Elizabeth when I went down to central Ohio to meet there with uh, Neil Douglas Klotz. You've heard me quote him many times, an Aramaic scholar who lives in Scotland. And I know him very well. And as I've told you, when I started my doctoral studies, he was the first intensive that I, that I had. So I got to know Elizabeth by going down to central Ohio many years in a row. Elizabeth, you are skilled in so many ways. You are a therapist, you are a minister, an ordained minister, and you do work with the Aramaic, and you you get a chance to talk about all that in a few minutes. But there's so many things that I know you can talk about, so we're going to fill this hour, but today, mostly we're going to talk about the divine feminine, about inner peace and outer peace. I've been working with trying to understand and apply the truths of the divine feminine for many years now. And it all started with my contact with Neil Douglas Klotz and Elizabeth. And I have been intrigued with the history of what we call the goddess. Merlin Stone wrote a book years ago called When God Was a Woman. And it's it's a great text. It's been around for quite a while. But so many times I was confused in my own experience with the uh, fundamentalist church. They always referred to God as the divine. I mean, sorry, God as a man instead of the divine, which is both. You read in the book of Genesis, let us create the human in our image. And there's no way to tell for sure because the church kind of just reads over that one. What is the us? 
who is the us? And then it says, let us make them male and female. Elizabeth, this is one of my first insights, that the divine is not to be referred to as any one sexual identity. Yes, I agree with you. It's been an important principle that's been worked on for many years, actually, and and over the past 30 years with a lot of emphasis by women theologians, women from the women's spirituality movement, from supportive men theologians, um, and people who have reclaimed the scriptures to understand this inclusive vision of God. That's something that so many people are unaware of today, and that's why I'm so delighted to have you on the show today. And I want to let you do most of the talking. I have to introduce uh, the show, but I'm going to try my best to be as quiet as I can and just ask you questions. But one thing I did uh, have to remember over and over again, I've written about this several times, but back when I sat in the church and I heard the words from the Old Testament, like Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of the tabernacle, whatever, and the word for the divine called El Shaddai. El Shaddai is always translated as the Almighty. And when I looked this up one day years ago, I couldn't believe my ears or my eyes. But El Shaddai, the Almighty, is the feminine aspect of the divine. And when I looked at the the Hebrew meanings, Shad is the word for breast. And the D-A-I on the end means multiple or many-breasted. And the translation was the many-breasted goddess is the one who's watching over you, nurturing you. Yes. I was just amazed. Tell me something about yes. that. There's just uh, just one more small thing I would add to what, what you're uh, uncovering here for us, and that is the sense that perhaps those ancient ones who were referring to the divine as Shaddai um, were looking at the hills. Mm. And as they gazed at the hills and thought, this is where my nurturance comes from. This is mm. my strength. That, you know, the, that these mountains re- represented the, the breast of the goddess, the, the many-breasted one who was wow. our nurturance. Wow. So nurturing also then coming from our Earth Mother, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get into the topic that we have talked about and decided on working with today. And that is the divine feminine as the source of peace. And first thing you said is about inner peace, and we'll go to the outer peace later. But first, how do you understand the divine feminine and peace on the inside? Um, It all starts, actually, with another uh, story about creation that's in the Old, Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. And that story you can find in Proverbs, where it talks about Hukmah, uh, who is known as Holy Wisdom, uh, as being present from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That, that Hukmah was the divine feminine, the form of the divine feminine, present at creation with Yahweh, or uh, Elohim, or and Elohim, by the way, means the one in the many. It's not really uh-huh. a gendered word. That's right. So, so th- th- that there was this feminine present w- presence at the beginning that's known as wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so this wisdom is a deep inner knowing that 
by some scholars. They talk about the birth of our self, our consciousness, the birth of our sense of I am a person, I have consciousness, I am I am something other than the trees or the rocks or the four-legged ones, that I, I am the human who has consciousness, this sense of self-consciousness, is what hukma is. That's we've always referred to the feminine side of things as uh, intuition. You know, because she's got great intuition about things. And yes, she does. We see that as the purview of women, mm-hmm. and that's where this refers to is hukma. Now, hukma also, as another side note, is present comes present in the uh, New Testament in the form of Sophia, which many people have heard of Sophia. But right. Hukma and Sophia are the same person. Yes. Yes. Um, so, this sense of I am is the sense that brings all of the voices that are within us to the table, so to speak. That how many of us haven't had the experience of having inner different conflicting voices inside? Whether it's about a, a small decision, or I'm going to buy, do I buy a red car, sports car or a practical, you know, black SUV? And yes. part of me wants this, part of me wants that. Or when you're standing with your children and you're t- got a difficult parenting decision, I really want to let them. The liberal part of me wants to say, "Go ahead and go." And there's part of protective part of me says, "No way, I'm going to let you go to that." <laughs> we all know this experience inside of things at war, and so yes. hukma, sacred sense, is the sense of I am that can rise above all the warring voices. Bring all those voices to sit at a table inside, so to speak, and and dialogue to find out, well, now what's the best and most prudent choice for my actions, for my words in this moment, which is actually a good form uh, of therapy. And many psychotherapies actually are based on this kind of inner voice model. So, of course, in making peace with this oneself, one has to accept all the different sides of oneself, one's light and one's shadow, one's, one's different voices, one's judgment, as well as one's positive sense of ego and self-worth. So inner peace comes when we have that sense of I am that can hear all the voices and bring them to a common understanding and common action. Wow. You uh, must have been listening to some of my shows. <laughs> <laughs> and the wonderful thing is, is that there are people in the world and across this globe who who are all working parallel to each other. Yes, yes. We, yes. We're, we could fill in each other's words. Yes, I love what you're saying. We're about three three minutes from a break here. But let's keep going with this. Uh, I remember at that first intensive in California and talking to Neil and. He was revealing the same thing you just said about the I am or the Iyanana, uh understanding that the greater I am is within you, the smaller I am, and bringing all the voices to the table. And I yeah. said to him, because I, I had so much to learn back then, and gee, I still do, but uh, at least I made some progress. And I, and I asked Neil, what do you mean all the voices inside? I said, you mean even... The voices I don't want to talk about or, or the negative voices or the ego. He said, yes, those voices are welcome to the table. And Elizabeth, that was a life-changing moment for me. Mm, mm, mm. 
because you yes. just talked about the shadow. Say a couple more things about well, that. Well, the, when you refer to the word Inanna, Jesus, when he would say, or Yeshua, when he would say, I am, and then follow that, he would use the Aramaic word Inanna. Right. Inan is, is uh, I am, and the Ina Ina um, is a is an emphatic form. I am, I am. The I am within the I am, as you've talked yes. about the smaller yes. self with the greater self. What's interesting about that word Ina Ina or Inanna um, is that Inanna, for those of you who have studied the great goddess, was one of the primary and most um, powerful of the Middle Eastern goddesses yes. in, uh, in, in ancient, ancient times. So it, here again, we even have this kind of sound connection to the Great Mother when we talk about our sense uh, of I am. And it's just like a mother, and also I will say a father too, a parent, loving parent, who's going to love their child no matter what. Yes. You know, they may, so that you have to be able to accept everything, everything. If we fight against that which is within you, if you ignore it, it will kill you. That's yes. sort of a paraphrase of one of the Gnostics' statements, that we have to accept everything within us and love it. And in order for it not to just keep rising bigger and bigger within us to then take over and become our primary preoccupation. Yes, and the only way we could really transform something is to own it. Uh, I like what uh, so many people, uh, Carl Jung has said that, only what is owned can be let go. And I've thought about that so many times, That, and I've talked to my, on other radio shows about the human shadow and the need for us to own the shadow, put the shadow stuff on the table, and understand that only as we own our shadow selves will we be able to see our higher selves and then choose between those. But right now, Elizabeth, we're coming up on time for a break, so we're going to pause right now. And as I say on the show, usually we'll see you on the other side of two or three minutes. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. 
If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Well, Elizabeth, I just deeply appreciate what you've been saying about the voices at the table. And as I mentioned, it was a life changing experience for me. So, Rather than talk about that, I want to just uh, you take this now and run with it and talk more about Hokuma, uh, the sacred wisdom, or Sophia, the intuition, uh, those inner voices. Take it where you want to go. Well, the first thing I'd like to do is take it towards the direction of uh, uh, applying it to outer peace because that's the natural next step, and mm-hmm. and that will then give us a chance to look at this dynamic at both levels as it applies to our inner life and applies to our outer life. Um, we know that peace begins at home. Yes. And, and we can't build peace if we don't have peace within. Exactly right. So, <laughs> so that, that we've got to learn how to deal with conflicting voices within ourselves and honoring and respecting and truly listening deeply to the inner voices um, with love and respect. Those are two key words, with Mm -hmm. love and respect to all of those voices, including the ones we don't want to acknowledge. Right. Um, The beast within, the judger within, the, the ogre within, the controller, the whatever label you put on that voice, as many people do with their inner voices, they can kind of can get to know that constellation within right. and, uh, and, and give them somewhat of a name um, or a tag. Then that begins to help us apply it outside of ourselves with the person next door who might be an annoyance or the boss that might get under your skin frequently <laughs> frequently <laughs> or, or the spouse who has a, a, a particular uh, way of doing something that is not your preferred means of doing it and that rather than going to the, the the judging voice or quickly after you go to the judging voice choosing to move over from the judgment place to how can I understand this person They are different from me. And what truth might they be expressing within this very annoying trait? Or rather, and this one's even more confrontive, what might they be mirroring back to me about Uh myself Uh (laughs) (laughs) through this particular trait that they have? Um, There are so many opportunities for our own growth in encountering that which is other than us or different from us or annoying to us where we have to sit down and go, you are different. How can I understand you? How can I understand what you're doing, why you're doing this and, and find a way for us to grow together in this? Yes. And it doesn't mean that I will forever not be annoyed. I may still find myself a little annoyed (laughs) here or there, but I can make the choice through my own conscious I am to not let my judger be in control so that I set up um, an over-against relationship with with that person, whoever it might be, which then creates conflict and division 
uh, at the at worst and on and at the least we just simply ignore each other. Would you say, Elizabeth, that the more we are able to look at our ego, the shadow self, and the dark side, whatever, and the more we are able to own it and to experience others loving us in the midst of that, that the easier it is to make that transformation? I think that that, yes, that that's such a powerful uh, experience when, when one sees it coming towards oneself. It's, it's the experience of the divine, and I would say that we primarily have experienced that through the Great Mother or through our mothers. Not everyone has that experience, of course. Yes. <clears throat> but many, many, many people experience a profound, um, and I'll call it a conversion, when they encounter unconditional love, unconditional positive re- regard. Uh, coming towards them and understand that they don't have to be or pretend to be something they're not. They don't have to act in a certain way in order to be accepted. As Paul Tillich said, just accept the fact that you're accepted. When so we would, feel that, it's it's great. It's a graceful moment. Yes. What would you say is the biggest enemy to <clears throat> inner peace or outer peace? Um, I, when people when we get attached to a particular uh, inner voice within mm. that has to be right mm. and believes that its understanding, its action, its belief system is the right way to, to do it. We've then so, set up a dualism. Yes. Uh, and, and we then go to war with each other. Go ahead. Sure. The Hebrew the Hebrew sense of, of time was cyclical time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't work in dualisms. Their sense of the cosmos of the of the working order of life was through time. Things were not good or bad. I suspect you've already talked about this in many of your shows. The, that you know that that dualistic good bad right wrong up down heaven hell light shot dark as being right. concepts over against was not yeah. a part of the first century way of viewing the world. Absolutely. That everything was on a wheel and things and, and the metaphor, because it was an agrarian society um, and things were on a wheel of time of rightness and unrightness were seen as either they're ripe or they're unripe. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's a way for us to look at it. Unripe might be bitter, it doesn't mean that it's just because it's unripe, it's, quote, good. It's bitter, so it might make you sick. If it's, if it's too ripe, it might be rotten and needs to be composted. Um, so we're talking about seeing things on a wheel of ripeness coming into fullness of time. So I may, I may not be ripe in my ability to be patient, or I might not be ripe in my ability uh, to speak kind words or my ability to rise above myself and disidentify from some judgmental voice. But I'm on a wheel. I'm progressing. And I have to give everyone else that same benefit of consideration and bring them love for what they're doing and where they're coming on that wheel. Then I don't have to turn it into a dualistic, I'm right, you're wrong, and you're bad because you think or act some particular way. Yes. I like I like yeah. how you're saying that. Uh, the, 
the, the focus on wholeness and the fact that I need your light and shadow and I need other people's light and shadow and they need mine. And the more we're able to just love each other in those processes and encourage each other to choose the light, to forgive and say, I'm with you, I celebrate my connection with you. That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Exactly. In the in the creation of the universe itself, those who are uh, writers in this genre we call the universe story, um, they say that there's principles about the the universe is unfolding and evolution, and two of those are this: one is diverse, diverse one is community, and the other is diversity. Right. And that's what we're talking about. How do we have unity and diversity? operating at the same time and that's what we're trying to do within and without and it's something beyond reason that's why we we're in the realm of the feminine we're in the realm of the darkness darkness in the sense of dark was that which was not known and light was that which was known not that it was good and evil right so we're operating in that kind of gray unknown juicy area where things are being developed and we're getting ready to be born yes i like to call the darkness a place where i wonder what Mm -hmm. is this what is the truth here i don't have to have an answer i don't have to have the male thing of i need to know i'm right but to settle back and say gee i wonder the and to enter into being comfortable with not knowing that is beautiful. That's such a beautiful way of speaking about darkness. Love that. Well, the shadow, as I've talked to people so many times, is the that that's where the beauty is. That's where the power is. And as Neil has written, uh, and I think it was Genesis Meditations, that the, to give birth to a new self continuously, I think I've got this right, that it's like the divine did in creation when the divine called forth light out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we need to do on the side of ourselves. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. We exactly. And then well, we yeah. bring that to the outer world where we sit at literal tables, whether it's at a family table or a peace talk table with nations. We're bringing the same principles to bear. Yes. And you know, one of the most beautiful parts of this, I have found that in an intimate relationship, and right now, my sweetie Marie uh, and I, we can sit down and the more we, we love and accept each other, no matter what, unconditional love. And she was shocked at times. When I was, uh, it's okay. I love you just like you are. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to hide. And I don't have to do this that either. And so, wow, as we learn it, and I know you and your partner do that. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's the most beautiful part of being alive is to say, I love you without exception. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got about a less than a minute to go here. So I'm going to make a couple of comments here. We'll uh, wrap this one up until we get into the next segment. But when we talk about Yeshua and, and what he embodied, the feminine energies were all seen within him, whether it's healing Nurturing, compassion, uh, inclusion of everybody at the table, uh, empathy, uh, connection, 
Yeshua included it all. And he was the embodiment of the, the divine feminine right here on the planet. And I look at that so many times, and I appreciate that from his perspective. Right now, it's time for another break. So we will be right back with you in just a couple of minutes. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Thank you again to all you uh, audience and uh, listeners who have joined us today. I'm so excited to have Elizabeth Reed with me today. And as you have already experienced and learned that the feminine is the energies of wisdom. And my experience in knowing Elizabeth is she has always been a source of wisdom. And thank you, Elizabeth, for being that. So right now I'm going to turn it back over to you and let you take it uh, whatever direction you want to go. Okay. Well, I simply want to share a little piece from one of the readings. This is about uh, sacred power and sacred sense. And it uh, is an expanded translation by Neil Douglas Klotz from Proverbs 1-7. Reverence for the unknowable strength and mystery behind the cosmos begins to create our inner lives, opening us to our senses, turning our understanding to holy wisdom, to chukmah, the breath of life from underneath, the sense behind all senses, the one within that grasps meaning out of the bewildering swirl of existence. That's a beautiful way of of talking about uh, what wisdom is. Wisdom and intuition being actually the primary two concepts about this feminine aspect of the divine that is a tool for our inner and outer peace. Right. 
grasping meaning out of the bewildering swirl of existence. I remember that reading an article some years ago, actually, in terms of the culture that was being created out of the mass information that we're able to access now from the Internet. We, we can find out anything we want to know in any of the most complex fields just by simply uh, going to a browser and, and, and typing in the words. And more information than we could read in, in a lifetime will come up in our, in our search. Right. And what it was saying, what, what it was saying to us is that we can get information, but what's happening is we're, we're losing our ability as a culture uh, to make meaning out of it. We can get information, but the higher level work is how to look at all that information, process it, digest it, organize it, sift through it, evaluate it, and then make something meaningful out of it that helps us live. Right. We are bombarded with information all the time. <laughs> Aren't we <laughs> ever? So, yeah. So how do we make meaning? And this is the reason for meditative or spiritual practices that we take time and we get quiet and we go within and then we connect to what's already there within absolutely that's what you say the divine's within it's yes. there she's there and yes. we have that capacity every one of us to make meaning out of our lives that helps us to live if we don't take that time to go within, we then, as, as it says, we're in a bewildering swirl of existence. And, I, and yeah. so many people walk in my office, that's what's happening. They're just <laughs> bewildered by yes. all that's happening and bombarding them. Yes. You know, you, you just reminded me of something, and I really appreciate it. So all of you who are listening, you're going to hear me saying this more and more. <laughs> you heard me talk about the divine within countless times. And what I want to say today is when I say that, I mean the divine within, both masculine and feminine energies. And as a man, I need to embrace the feminine, make sure that that's in balance with the masculine. And ladies, you do the same. As I've said, and Elizabeth just hinted at it, but what I've said re uh, recently about you know, going within and the, the beauty and the power of that, to find the divine, we don't go to church, we go within. And that's the best place to find the, our connection there. So I have, have a question for you. Sure. After peace, or the more we uh, step into peace and experience that, then what? What is the logical and powerful result of doing that together? Mm -hmm. um, I have just one word. I don't mean to throw that at you unexpectedly. My one word is community. What do you think of that? I think that that's really uh, absolutely true. I think that that, uh, that kind of peaceful step or peaceful regard naturally leads us to deeper connection whether it's as a couple or or whether it's in a community or whether it's as nations. Right. That when we all breathe one breath, we all breathe the same air. And somehow we we sense ourselves as separate in our yes. own worlds. And so, yes, it brings us to community. I, I love, uh, I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh's uh, little phrase, peace is every step. That was the name of a book, actually. Oh, and, right. uh, 
and 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 that just saying you you just take each step and breathe peace because if we did that that would create the connections i think you're you're pointing to it would create the connections that create the kinds of communities that create for peaceful existence amongst humanity and with with the earth itself yes oh absolutely thank you for saying that we're not going to have world peace until we as individuals have peace inside of ourselves and i think so often war and all the the slaughter and the the craziness of of the energy of this planet for so long has mostly been contributed and created by masculine the shadow masculine the the fear-filled men that don't know how to connect with either their feminine side or each other so until we have inner peace and know who we are accessing all of that we will never have outer peace yes i i way back in early cultures of course the from that point till today that while women are accepted in the military um, from early cultures, predominantly, men were the ones who were the warriors. Yes. Uh, ex- with very rare exceptions, and there were a few uh, tribes or, that did have women as warriors. But what was going on then was that women were the ones who were the life givers. They gave birth and tended the children. And there mm-hmm. was this natural sense of that that function for the community was such a sacred function and it was so revered and honored that a woman would not be asked to go to war. In fact, the men were protecting the women, yes. not from a sense of, oh, they're so submersive and need to be protected, but from a sense of such profound respect for this life-giving function of women. The birthing ones. Exactly. And the, and the great mother got goddesses of the Paleolithic and Neolithic times, before the shift of patriarchy, they were the ones, um, the great mother was the one who was seen as the one who gave life and and took life away, Yes. but was the life giver and the nurturer through the Shaddai, through the great mother breast. She nurtured humanity through the rainfalls, through through the fertility of the crops, um, until there was a shift in our cultures, and the great goddess figures were destroyed, and the and it be, and they began to be destroyed precisely at the time where we began to become more quote civilized cultures, and then people felt the need to protect from one another because people began to go, I want the power from this culture, or that culture, I want yeah. the grains that are being stored in your bins. And yes. there was a sense of I want to have power over you rather than mm. rather than sharing the yes. wealth. I think to all men, I would say, guys, we need to own the fact that we are part of the birthing process. No, we don't carry the fetus inside. We don't give birth in that sense. But men, we do give birth, and we are there as integral part of a new. A soul, a new person, a new part of the divine coming into existence. And I think we should revere that and and we honor the women absolutely and the pain they go through and we nurture them and hold them in a high state of honor. If we can do that, guys, we will be accessing our own feminine side and that's very important. 
So, Elizabeth, I hear you say uh, something I've heard from Neil, of course, the, the, and you talk about unity and oneness, the Allaha. Mm-hmm. Talk about Allaha for yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeshua would have used the word Allaha to refer to the divine. That is the Aramaic word for the divine. Just yeah. like we're familiar with the with the, uh, uh, the Arabic word Allah. Mm-hmm. And we're familiar with the Hebrew Elohim. Yes. All of those words are Semitic words for the divine. For, for, and what they all point to is unity. Yes. All or L was the sacred sound. It was the sound of ah, the sound of awe when we just stand in the presence of sacred mystery. Yes. And so, so the words that refer to the divine, and I'll throw in another Elot or Inanna or Shaddai, you're hearing the same ahs and yes. L's that yes. were the pointers to the divine. All of them mean unity, 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 unity. Yes. I remember Neil talking again about his first translation of the, the Lord's Prayer, and he came out with, it's in his book, Prayers of the Cosmos, O Birther. And then I heard him say one day, if he had to do it again, he would say, O Birthing One, because it's a continuous action. And I love that. I've talked to my audience many times about that. And the, the, the giving birth uh, inside ourselves to a new self. So th- there's just so many things that we, oh, gee, we have to talk about. We have about a minute left here in this segment. But the, the, the words Rahman and Rahim and Raham are, mean a womb. And the womb place, uh, the place of birthing, is seen as a place inside men and women both. Wow. 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 Th- did you hear that, folks? <laughs> I, I hope you really got that. Thank you, Elizabeth, because <laughs> that is the essence of being human. We are temporarily see ourselves mostly male and female, but when we pass from this life and go back to oneness and unity with the divine, we will not be male and female. We will be the complete being that chose to come here and spend a time in a physical world and learning all we can during this time. So in the last few seconds of this segment, I would just like to say to you, you can do this work. You can know the divine within you in powerful ways. You can know the the masculine. You can know the feminine. You can know the beauty of who you are. So again, look at your shadow. Own the shadow. Talk to your best friends and your, your partners about that and know that this is the key to transformation. Right now we have to take another break, and we'll be right back with you. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. 
Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So we enter the last segment of today's show. My, how time flies. Elizabeth Reed, I deeply appreciate you and all that you've shared. And in some ways, I hope I haven't talked too much because you've had so many good things to contribute. But before we go any further, would you tell the audience how they can get in touch with you? Uh, what's the best contact information? The best contact information for those who have questions or, or want to pursue something further uh, is through my email, and that is ereed, lowercase, E-R-E-E-D, at shalemcenter.org, and that is spelled S-H-A-L-E-M-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. Shalem is confusing because it is the word shalom, a derivative of the same uh, Hebrew root, uh, but it's with an E, not an O, shalemcenter.org. Our phone number is 614-441-9773. Also, if you have uh, interest in Neil's Aramaic work, you may have shared this before, Jim, but I'll say it again. The website is www.abwoon.com and abwoon is spelled A-B-W-O-O-N dot com and that's where you can find lots of resources that delve a lot more deeply into all of these words and all of these themes and topics uh, that we've been talking about today. And I would encourage any of you to contact Elizabeth. She knows much more about some of the things than I do. I'm uh, still much more the student, and I appreciate her and Neil Douglas Klotz, the author of six or seven books now. And the Aramaic, in fact, as I shared with you last week and as I'll be sharing with you next week, the, the healing power of just the sound of Aramaic is so incredibly beautiful. So... Contact Elizabeth. Learn all you can. And remember that you are the divine in human form, both male and female. See, I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> so I have just one brief experience to share with you, and I want you to take it uh, to where you want to go. A couple of years ago, I was writing uh, one of my books, in fact, one of the, the manuscripts on the first page of my website, and it's called Letting Go of All Illusions. The End of Guilt, Shame, and Remorse. And I was dealing with Chokmah and the famous text from the Middle Eastern wisdom of Thunder Speaks Perfect Mind. And 
I haven't said too much about that on the show yet, but I will later. But the voice of Hokuma talking about all the different opposites, saying, I am this and I am that, over and over again. And if there's any voice of wisdom for you and I, it's to say, yes, I am this and I'm that. I'm the negative side, I'm the positive side. I am all of these things, and we own our shadow. And one day as I was writing and really working deeply with understanding what she was saying, I felt like my pen was almost going by itself. And I said, what in the world is this? And I remember sitting in the, in the park and I was writing, and I, looked, and I looked down a little bit later, and it was all coming out in the first person. And I had never had that experience before. And then I had a deep inner connection, and she was saying, I felt directly to me, because she says in that, that text, I am the shamed one, and I am the shameless one. And I heard her saying, come, you who feel shame, and step into your shame, for I am the shamed one, and I am the shameless one. Step into your shame, and you will find me there. Take my hand, and we will walk together to higher ground. Beautiful. So tell me more, tell us more in the last few minutes we have about the divine feminine. Many people thought that Yeshua was the embodiment of Chukmah. Chukmah, she has come back to life, they would say, because Jesus was embodying the feminine principles. Just like with Thunder Perfect Mind, um, he looked up in a tree and said to Zacchaeus, who was the despised tax collector, Come, I'm come. I'm going to eat with you in your home. Mm. Yes. Or he's the uh, the story of the woman at the well. Um, and and all the the criticisms of Yeshua that say, oh, he eats with tax collectors and sim- and sinners. You see again and again that this image of eating together, sitting at a table together with those who are the despised ones, the ones that should quote be ashamed of themselves for who they are, what they've done. And Jesus did not say, come down, I want to say to the world, I bless you, I bless this activity of being a despised uh, cheater of people through the taxes and, and extorting money out of people. He said, I see within you a heart that it can be a, per, uh, a heart filled with love and can make a difference in the world. And by seeing that truth within that man, transformation happens. Just like you had a profound experience yourself of of total love and acceptance of all parts. Yes. Stories and stories again about Yeshua's life and ministry are about that kind of possibility of change, which can happen for every one of us whenever we accept what is within. Um. And the other thing, uh, the other point I wanted to make about Jesus saying again and again, I am, whether he said I'm the way, the truth, and the life, I'm the door, whatever he said with I am, we have to remember that he was pointing to the phrase I am, not Jesus is, not Yeshua, but pointing to that the, the sense that if we go deeply within ourselves to our own I am, the yeah. I within the I, that we can find within ourselves the way to be truth and life, the way to be the door, the door, I am the door, I'm the door between the worlds. You are the door between the worlds. All of us are. Yes. And in everything that we do, 
let us all remember that we are welcome at any moment to bring every one of our parts to the table. We have nothing to be ashamed of. If you look back in the uh, the archives of this show, you'll find I did a show quite a while back called Celebrating Our Mistakes. Another one was called Dancing in the Delights of Imperfection. Elizabeth, we have just about a minute and a half to go. What would thoughts would you like to leave with the audience in the next minute? Love yourself. <laughs> More than anything else is to allow yourself to open to divine love. And let that fill your being, that you bring it to yourself as much as you bring it to loving other beings. That the that's the greatest commandment of all, in my book, is is the power of love and connecting to one's own deepest um, possibility to be created anew in every moment. Uh, so love yourself. Create yourself anew in each moment through the power of uh, divine love. And as all of you have heard me say so many times, welcome the most beautiful self that you've ever been. Welcome the beauty and the power of the you that you are creating right now today. Elizabeth Reed, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I deeply appreciate all that you have to to share with, with everyone. Thank you very much, Jim. It's been great to be here and to enjoy this connection with you and, and a heartfelt connection of love. Thank you. Well, I think we're going to have to do it again. So uh, I know okay. you have so, <laughs> so much more. To, okay, we'll do it. So uh, we'll talk about when at another time. But right now, we have run out of time, and I will see you all next week, and we'll talk more about the healing sounds of the Aramaic. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion. Your life is waiting next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.